Isn't God good this morning? We are so thankful to have the privilege and the opportunity to be in the house of the Lord one more time. Let me echo what Pastor Jade said earlier. If you are visiting with us today, we say a very special welcome to you. Uh, we are truly honored that you're here this morning. Isn't God good today? Amen. Tell your neighbor, said he's been good to me. Amen. Not tell him like you mean it. He's been good to us. Amen. 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 I am just uh, excited to be able to assemble in the house of the Lord. I've done had church this morning while y'all were still sleeping. Uh, doesn't take long to have church. Some of you elders in here will understand. Been around a little while. If you go back in history a little bit and you find men of God and women of God that walked with unique anointings and things of that nature, it doesn't take long to start to stir some things up. And this morning, while y'all was sleeping, I've been having church with Sister Nancy Harmon. So I'll say no more. Okay. So uh, that uh, what a powerful, powerful woman of God. And I seen where she was in service last Sunday, 82 years of age, wheeled out onto the platform in a wheelchair, had a microphone there for her, and at 82, she could still bring it, man. She sung, and she sung. But she didn't just sing, but she sung with the anointing and the power of God. You say, why do you say that? It's because all of these years, Sister Nancy's had what I'm going to try to minister on this morning is when it didn't even make sense, she simply had eyes of faith. She could see what others couldn't see. And uh, man, do we need that vision back today. Amen. I am so thankful uh, that there is men and women that still have a heart for God. Uh, but uh, this morning, uh, I'm going to ask you to pray for the Marshall family with me. Uh, I, we received a call yesterday. I went on a call with Jade, and, and uh, when we arrive, oftentimes it's people that you know and walked in, and we, had to, we have to celebrate for their great accomplishment. But my dear friend, Bill Marshall, went home to be with the Lord yesterday. Another one gone home, man. Heaven's getting sweeter all the time. But I want you to pray for them this week. It's going to be a a week where they celebrate, but also mourn the passing of one that was just a sweet, sweet man, that he would lift his hands and praise the Lord. Man, I, I pray that once again, we see men of God begin to lift their hands in the sanctuary and begin to praise the Lord. Amen. Those of you going to class, feel free to do so at this time. And I'm just going to dive into the word because I just have to do that this morning to keep my focus today. If you have your Bibles with you, and I pray that you do this morning, Numbers chapter number 14, Numbers chapter number 14, I want to go there with you today. I'm going to do my best to try to start bringing this sermon series to a completion uh, that we've been on. This will be the sixth week that we have been talking about the development of Joshua, and uh, I want to set the stage to bring this to a climax next Sunday. I had no idea how this would fall, but it's kind of unique that next Sunday, Lord willing, I'm going to minister on when Joshua received the commission and I'm feeling like that next Sunday we may have to be anointing some men and women of God in a very unique way to commission them to be the godly leaders that God's calling them to be for this generation. So I want you to be in prayer for that. I know it's a busy time, but this is a very unique time for our nation as well as the nations of the world. I got my preacher with me this morning, it sounds like already, so he can just keep amening me over there. 
and we're going to be all right. And uh, even though didn't, Papa did let us get stung by a wasp yesterday, made me feel awful. That's bad, ain't it? And so, so my phone shouldn't have rang. That's what I'll say. But, uh, but he was a trooper. He, he, didn't, he didn't cry too much, so he must have got that strength from his mama. We'll leave it there. No, just kidding, Tyler. So, Numbers chapter 14. We're going to start in 14, then I'll take you back to chapter 13 in just a moment. If you would, stand for the reading of the word. That's the custom of the house this morning, if you would. If you're not able, I totally understand and don't feel bad for not. But if you're able, I'd greatly appreciate it. Numbers chapter number 14, beginning in verse number 1. And it says, And all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried, and the people wept that night. And all the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron. And the whole congregation said unto them, Would God that we had died in the land of Egypt, or would God we had died in this wilderness? And wherefore hath the Lord brought us unto this land to fall by the sword, that our wives and our children should be a prey? Were it not better for us to return to Egypt? And they said one to another, let us make a captain and let us return unto Egypt. Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assembly of the congregation of the children of Israel. And Joshua and Caleb, which were among them that had searched the land, rent their clothes. And they spake unto all the company of the children of Israel, saying, The land which we pass through to search it, it is an exceedingly good land. And if the Lord delight in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it us a land which floweth with milk and honey. Only rebel not ye against the Lord, neither fear ye the people of the land, for they are bred for us, their defense is departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Fear them not. But all the congregation bade stone them with stones, and the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle of the congregation before all the children of Israel. For a few moments this morning, I want to talk to you about possessing eyes of faith. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you this morning. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the men and women in this sanctuary and those that's joining us by way of live stream today. I pray that for the next few moments that this vessel would be anointed with your Holy Spirit. Lord, let self get out of the way. Let, let us humble ourselves to be a vessel that you can flow through without any distraction, without any hindrance today, Father. Let us speak that which you've spoken to us. And Lord, I pray that lives will be transformed and changed. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord this morning. If you have followed us over the last few weeks, you know that we have dealt with the development of Joshua as he has walked and been an understudy, if you would, with Moses. And we have dealt with very vast subjects. We've talked to you about the power and the value of a bent knee in intercession. And how many knows that prayer is still the key today? And we have got to, in this season, begin to bow again, not just in a prayer, but in a prayer of intercession. We have got to begin to call out on the name of the Lord on behalf of our families, as well as our nation and the nations of the world. We also discussed how Joshua had to learn the value of having locked arms. You and I, this morning, we need each other. We are not multiple bodies, but we are one body, and we are many members that makes up that body. We are not in competition with those up the road, down the road, or across town, but we are the body of Christ. Listen, do not get hung up this morning on Methodist, Baptist, Pentecostal. Listen, God has men and women everywhere. And you and I need to understand that. Listen, I'm, I'm proud of my heritage. And I stand here and I will proclaim to you, I do not bow my head that I am 
spirit-filled, that I am a tongue-talking, spirit-filled believer. I do not shy away from that. But please hear me. I still have brothers and sisters in the faith that's in the Methodist movement, in the Baptist movement, uh, in the non-denominational movements. Hear me. We could not allow things to divide us in this time. But we need to know we need each other. And uh, as long as it's Jesus and him crucified and coming again, we need to know we can lock arms with people that may look a little different than us, uh, maybe even have a different theology on some things. uh, But notice, you and I cannot be separated, but we need to be locking arms uh, and be the body of Christ in this time. We need unity because where there is unity, uh, there is a commanded blessing. The reason our nation is in turmoil right now is because there's no unity. God cannot bless a nation that is totally divided. Uh, He cannot bless a family that's totally divided. He cannot uh, bless a local church that is totally divided. Uh, It is where the blessing of the Lord comes is where there is a place of unity. Uh, So we have to understand, and Joshua had to learn, there's there's value in locking arms. We also know that we do, and I'm not going to reteach these things this morning, but he had to have an ear to hear. And he had to hear what the heart of man was. He had to hear not just what they were saying, but he had to hear the heart of man. He had to hear the heart of God. And then we got into where we started talking about he had to understand the value of what a worship encounter was. How many knows we need the presence of God this morning? Desperately, we need the presence of God, and we do that by entering into his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise, as well as that positions us to take us beyond the veil. And when we get to the place where we have a worship encounter, it changes everything. And then last week, we talked a little bit about curbing our appetites uh, concerning that we do not need recognition, uh, but it has got to be about Jesus Christ and him crucified. There is no big eyes and little use in this thing. Uh, every one of us are ambassadors uh, for the kingdom. Every one of us has a role to play. We may have different offices, different giftings, all those things, but however, we need to understand uh, that it's still all about Jesus. Uh, but before Joshua could take the the role of being the leader of Israel uh, to take them into the promised land. Uh, can you give me just a little monitor, Keaton, just a little bit? So I, uh, I appreciate it. Thank you. We find this morning that Joshua had to understand uh, that there was one more thing that he had to do before he could be commissioned uh, to take the place that God had ordained for him. And I want to dive into that this morning because he had to get to a place where he could see uh, what others couldn't see. Can I tell you, you start having conversations around our, uh, our world today, uh, you're going to hear a lot of negative things. You're going to hear a lot of dark things. Uh, and I understand that because it is a dark time on many levels. Uh, but I need you to understand this morning as men and women of faith, uh, somebody's got to see something others don't see. We have got to get back to a place where we get to where we're not looking at what we naturally see taking place, but we go back to a place of prayer and we begin to let God give us vision uh, that others do not have. Uh, You and I this morning must understand uh, that there are many people that can identify problems and challenges uh, and they're gifted that way and that's wonderful. Uh, You could even say that they're the gifted ones. They'll find a mistake in every plan. Uh, They'll find a flaw in everything. And sometimes they can even help problem solve it. Uh, But those individuals uh, are usually not the ones uh, that come into the place and the role of leadership uh, that begins to paint vision. Uh, A visionary is somebody uh, that can see it before it's built. Uh, Can I tell you, every great ministry uh, has seen it in their mind and in their heart before they ever had uh, the first shovel uh, of dirt removed uh, are the first avenue of something created. Uh, I say that to say this, uh, vision requires you seeing something that others uh, does not see. Uh, In the context of ministry leadership, however, uh, if we are going to advance into the things that God has for us, uh, it takes more uh, than advanced insight and been savvy when it comes to marketing. Uh, But you and I as godly men 
men and women, uh, if we are going to operate in the sphere that God has for us, uh, it is going to require two things. First of all, you are going to have to be willing to spend time in his presence. Uh, Then after that, you also are going to have to be one that is careful uh, and have a sensitive ear uh, to hear his divine direction and his desire. Notice, I wasn't saying your direction and your desire, uh, but his desire and his direction. Uh, Why do I say that? Uh, It's because, can I tell you, uh, most of you in this room right now probably uh, have heard the story uh, of the 12 spies that was sent into the land to spy out Canaan, right? Anybody ever heard that story? Most of you probably have also said this. We know who was in that story. We know Joshua and Caleb went to that and was part of that, that advancement, right? But the thing is, there was 10 others, and you probably can't name their names. And I'll tell you why. It's because where there is no vision, there is no life. Things die when there is no vision. But Caleb and Joshua, they was equipped by the Lord to be able to see something that others did not see. Now, I want to go backwards just for a moment, and then we're going to really dive into this thing in just a moment. In order to understand chapter 14 that I read with you, you first must understand chapter 13. Numbers chapter 13, beginning in verse number one, it says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, Send thou men that they may search the land of Canaan. But notice this. He didn't stop there. He said, Which I give under the children of Israel. Tell your neighbor, say, God gave it to them. So we find that these 12 men are called. They said, I want you to go and I want you to spy out this land. Now the purpose of this, Moses told them, was very clearly. Verse number 17, the men were told to measure the size of the defending army that was there. Verse number 18 of that chapter, they was told to look at the terrain, the the ground of that land. Then verse number 19, they was told to measure uh, the walled embattlements and the fortifications of that city. And then in verse number 20, they was to look at the raw materials of that land. What is it made of? Is there timber there? What's the... What's the value of of this land? But then also, additionally, in verse number 20, there said this, oh, by the way, also bring the fruit of the land. Moses wanted them to see something, so they went down to, 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 to the valley and they got a bundle of grapes and they brought it back and they put it before the people. Now notice what happens in, verse, uh, in chapter 13, verse number 27. It says this, and we came into the land where you did send us. This is the report that comes back. And surely it flows with milk and honey. And this is the fruit of it. However, the people there, they're strong and they dwell in the land and the cities are walled and they're very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there and the Amalekites dwell in the land and, and the Hittites are there, the Jebusites, the Amorites and, and, and the Canaanites is down by the sea. And, and they said, man, everything is there. There's, all of these people are much bigger than us, more powerful than us. But notice verse 30, and Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. But the men that went up with him said, we be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. Now, when you go back to verse number 14, in our reading, we find that Joshua and Caleb is there together. Moses and Aaron is hearing all of this uh, uh, body of people lamenting, oh, it's better for us to go back to, to Egypt. Let us find a captain that will take us back to a place of bondage, a place of slavery, a place where we're under the control and the authority of somebody else. But then... Joshua and Caleb are standing there and God had given them eyes of faith and they were saying, listen, uh, God is with us. And because they had this vision, notice what they said. They said, if the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into this land. They had heard something that the other 10 had not heard. In in chapter number 13, they said, listen, the Lord said that he has given us this land. I want you to understand with me this morning, 
In order to be a godly leader, in order to be a man or a woman of faith, you and I are going to have to understand what faith really looks like. Faith is something that cannot really be explained in the natural language in the manner that it needs to be. But I can tell you throughout history, we have found pictures of faith uh, because men saw things, uh, women saw things that others did not see. Uh, You say, what does faith really look like? I've shared a couple of these with you in the past, uh, but let me revisit this this morning. Uh, There was a Christian man in India not long ago, and while they captured him and took him, uh, and they began to take a knife, and they began to cut his skin off uh, and skin him alive, uh, he looked over at them, and he simply said these words, uh, I thank you for this. Uh, Tear off my old garment, uh, for I will soon put on Christ's garment of righteousness. Uh, Can I tell you this morning, uh, Christopher Love, uh, when he wrote the following uh, to his wife, uh, this is what he said, knowing uh, that he was getting ready to be taken from this life. uh, He said, today uh, they will sever me from my physical head, uh, but they cannot sever me from my spiritual head, uh, which is Jesus. Christ. And as he walked the plank to his death, uh, his wife began to applaud him uh, because uh, he was a man that saw something that nobody else could see. Uh, Everybody else was saying, oh, it's over for Christopher Love. Uh, But Christopher Love was saying, I'm about to see Jesus. Uh, Can I tell you, in a world uh, that is going crazy uh, and everybody says, I don't know what we're going to do. Uh, Can I tell you, uh, just like in the days of Joshua, here we go again. I'm going to preach instead of teach this morning. Uh, Just like in the days of Joshua, uh, we find uh, that everybody was saying, oh, uh, that the land is too dark. Uh, It's too big. Uh, It's too powerful. Uh, But there was something in his spirit. Uh, There was a promise. Uh, The Lord had done said, uh, that's a place uh, that is ordained for my people. Uh, And can I remind you this morning, uh, in the midst of darkness, uh, in the midst of uncertainty, uh, in the midst of $6 diesel fuel, God help us. Uh, In the midst of everything, uh, there is still a promise uh, that in the last days I'll pour out my spirit uh, upon all flesh. Uh, Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Uh, Your old men will dream dreams. Uh, Your young men will have vision. Uh, I gotta tell you, uh, you gotta shake this stuff off uh, and you gotta begin to be a man of God and a woman of God uh, that begins to see uh, what God says uh, and he says we are overcomers uh, by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. Oh, somebody give him a shout of praise. Oh, he deserves a high praise. We're sitting here because of his love. We're sitting here because of his mercy. We're sitting here because of his goodness. Can I tell you, I need somebody to see what I see this morning. He is still God, high and lifted up. His train still fills the temple. There is still a God in heaven this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, it it doesn't make sense to the world. I understand that. But Joshua, oh Joshua, you gotta learn. Uh, You gotta see even when others don't see. Uh, You gotta know that I am who I say that I am. Uh, Everybody else saying we can't do it. Uh, We can't make it. Uh, There is giants in the land. Uh, They're in the mountains. They're down by the Jordan. Uh, They're everywhere in between. Uh, Everywhere you look, yes, it's a land that flows with milk and honey. Uh, Yes, it's got wonderful, wonderful fruit in it. Uh, But it's too powerful. Uh, But he said, oh, but I heard something. Uh, Somebody said uh, it was already ours. Uh, I just wonder what God's already given you uh, that you've not yet had the faith to see. Uh, But can I tell you, if you get the blinders off your eyes, uh, there's a miracle for you already. Uh, There's a healing for you already. Uh, It's already been bought and paid for. Uh, You just gotta say, I'm gonna take it by faith. Uh, I'm gonna walk this thing out by faith. Uh, Why? Uh, It's because God says it's ours. Oh, just forgive me this morning, 
I'm not going to apologize for maybe being a little radical for some, but can I tell you, I've saw some things, and therefore I'm going to believe that he's still more than able, and he's still willing this morning. I mentioned Sister Nancy Harmon. She's 82 years of age. She wrote many, many songs. But one particular song that she, she wrote has some lyrics in it that some of you probably ought to know. Some of you might remember this song, I've Come Too Far. Anybody remember that? Let me revisit a couple verses. Can I do that this morning? I've come too far to look back again. There is nothing behind me. All the pleasures I used to love, they have all faded from view. There's a new day ahead for me. My heartache is over. I left it at Calvary, where my new life begins. Then she goes on to say the chorus, I've come too far to look back. My feet have walked through the valley. I've climbed mountains. I've crossed rivers. Desert places I've known. But I'm nearing the home shore. The redeemed are rejoicing. And heaven's angels are singing. I've come too far to look back now. But she doesn't stop there. She says, looking around, there's unhappiness. Some see no reason for living. Life will give you a broken dream. Yes, it will. Full of heartache and fear. But this is where I like the authority of the Holy Spirit when she was writing, like many others never did. She just wrote these words, turn around. That sounds like my mama. You're on the front row, turn around. She didn't say those things out of anger, but she said those things out of love because she said this, what's important is in front of you. Especially in church. You knew when the Russells came to church, they all got lined up up front. Turn around. Us younger ones, we had a little bit more flexibility. We was allowed to crawl around underneath the pews, but we won't go there. So. But she says, turn around. Don't look back again. Face the dunay before you. Place your heartache in Jesus' hands, and he will mend your broken dreams. I've come too far to look back. I have to remind you today that if the enemy would have had his way, he would have done killed you. But God, God said, not now, not this one. I have a plan for their life. I have a destiny for them. I just need them to have eyes of faith so they can walk this thing out. I'm not focused on your failures. We all have them. I'm not focused on your shortcomings. We all have them. I'm not focused on our inabilities because we all have them. But in our weakness, we are made strong. Notice, faith in action sometimes requires doing what nobody else is willing to do. Abraham, before his name was Abraham, it was Abram. The Lord comes and visits him and says, listen, I want you to leave everything that you know. I'm going to change your identity. I'm going to give you a place. And I want you to go find the place. His father was an idol worshiper. Everything around him was dark. There was no life. Not knowing where he was going. Not knowing what his new name would be. He got up and he began to move. Because he had eyes to see what nobody around him could see. And get this, because of his willingness to go, there was a cry that came from a baby called Isaac. There would have never been an Isaac if there had never been an Abram that was willing to have eyes of faith. I can go down a list this morning with you very quickly. There was three Hebrew boys that simply said to Nebuchadnezzar the king, we are not careful to answer thee, O king. We will not bow down 
no matter what happens, we know this, our God is more than able to deliver us from this fiery furnace that you have, crea- that, that you have, that you have increased to a level that it's never been before. But if he chooses not to, we're still going to worship him. But we will not bow down. We will not contaminate ourselves. But if they had not had eyes of faith, they would have never had the privilege to dance with the fourth man in the fire. And can I tell you, you never read in scripture where that fourth man came out of that fire. So when you're in the fire, just know this, you're not dancing by yourself. That's another message for another day. Hannah had a barren womb and it wasn't until she was willing to give something she did not have before her womb awakened. You say, what do you mean? While she was laying on an altar, she said, Lord, I will give you my baby for your service. She didn't have a baby to give. But she saw something in the future. She saw something that nobody else had. She said, listen, uh, I don't know what she saw in her mind that day, but I can't help but imagine that when she knelt down in her brokenness, uh, in her overwhelmingness of grief, uh, I can't help but believe that maybe, just maybe, uh, in her mind she saw herself uh, holding a brand new baby. Uh, Maybe she saw him wrapped up uh, and she said, Lord, uh, if that would be a reality for me, I'll bring him back and I'll give him to you. Uh, Can I tell you, because of eyes of faith, uh, there was something that was dead that began to be awakened uh, and began to live. Uh, Can I tell you, Esther uh, heard some words from Mordecai uh, and he simply said, uh, is it possible that for such a time as this uh, that you have been called? Uh, But she said, but I have not been given uh, permission. I have not been granted the authority to go into the king during this season. Uh, If I go, I'm possibly going to die. But he said, are you concerned about you when you got a whole nation of people that's on the verge of slaughter? Mordecai openly, lovingly rebuked somebody that he loved dearly. And he said, it's not about you, sweetie. You got to realize you're a Jew as well. And if this plot goes unnoticed, then you're going to die with the rest of us. Don't matter where you're living. Don't matter where you're dwelling. But after a little bit of time, she sent word and she said would somebody just pray and fast with me for three days because she said this I got eyes of faith I'm going to believe God going to take care of this I know I'm not supposed to go I know I'm not supposed to be there but I just believe that God might move on my behalf so she went in by faith and put on some royal garments oh can I tell you I know the world tells us you don't need to be getting on any righteous garments you don't need to be going back to the prayer closet. Uh, It's a waste of time, but can I tell you, uh, I'm here to tell somebody this morning, uh, if somebody uh, will go back to the treasure, uh, pull out the old garments of holiness, uh, get back the garments of sanctification and purification uh, and begin to put them on. Uh, I'm not talking about legalism, honey. Uh, I'm talking about getting back into the presence uh, of an almighty God. Uh, I've got to tell you this morning, uh, God uh, is about to raise a golden scepter uh, and receive a people uh, but you gotta have eyes to see something nobody else is and she comes and she experiences it notice this because she was willing to die get this Haman was defeated and exposed by the unction of the Holy Ghost this morning I gotta tell you this morning, it's not gonna end like you think it's gonna end. It's not gonna be like you think it's gonna be. But can I tell you, this morning, I just hear the Lord saying in my spirit, God help me this morning. That he said if my people will get eyes of faith, He said there can be not just the exposing but the destruction uh, of a Haman spirit in this land. Uh, Can I tell you this morning, uh, the church better rise up and be the church uh, because I'm here to tell you by prophetic utterance this morning. uh, That's why the enemy wants you to keep your blinders on. uh, But when you get back to the word of God, uh, you will find that he is good, uh, that he is righteous, uh, that he is a man that he cannot lie, uh, and that he said I'll go with you always even to the end. Uh, I gotta tell you this morning, uh, he's still 
still with us. Uh, he's still going beside us. Uh, goodness and mercy is still following us this morning. Uh, can I tell you, uh, this thing's not over. Yes. Noah, oh Noah, because he saw something. Nobody saw it. Generation around him said he's an old man that has lost his mind. But before there ever began to be any gopher wood formed, he saw it and he saw it. And because, notice, because of eyes of faith, it's going to rain. It's going to do this. It's going to destroy. You've lost your mind. We're in a place of prosperity. Everything is wonderful. Everything is all together. He has lost his mind. But because he was willing to operate by eyes of faith, one of the most profound passages of Scripture you'll read in your Bible is this. Noah built an ark for the saving of his family. Think about it. The career is good, but it comes and goes. The prestige comes and goes. The accolades comes and goes. But at the end of the day, what you have is your family. Hear me. David, just a young shepherd boy. I'm trying to hurry this morning. David, would you take some cheese to your brother's? All of a sudden, there's a voice. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that is defying the army of the Lord? Why are you retreating every time you put your battle in array and they come out and then he raises his voice? You all, what in the world? His brother said, Oh, David, get out of here. What mischief are you into now? He said, I don't have time for that. But Who's, who's that? And he began to speak. You know, he saw something others didn't see that day. Mighty men of war. Intelligent men, powerful men. Saul, others, all present. He goes into the presence of Saul and Saul says, that giant out there is a man of war from his youth and you are but a youth. But he said, but you don't understand, Saul. There was a day I was out in the field tending my father's sheep and there was a lion and then another day there was a bear. And he said, I, I grabbed a hold of the beard of that beast and I slew him. Saul said, well, if you're crazy enough, boy, we ain't got nothing to lose. Starts putting him all of the time. He said, I can't, I can't go. I've not proved them. But one of the most unique things about that story that we've heard many, many times as that when he goes out on the battlefield and the giant is approaching and he said, am I but a dog? Who are you? David said this, notice, he said, you come to me with a sword and a shield, but I come to you in the name of the Lord. And he done saw something nobody else saw in the spirit. He saw a giant laying on the ground. He didn't see a giant standing in front of him. Because how do I know that is because he said this, this day, the Lord is going to give me your head. He saw something. His eyes of faith let him not see a seven foot plus man standing in front of him, fully coated and protected. But by the sovereignty of God, he saw him laying beheaded on the ground. Think about it. Eyes of faith. Just a couple of more this morning. There was a woman that had an issue of blood for 12 years, spent everything that she had. You know the story probably. By the standard of that day, if she was around a crowd, she had to simply make this proclamation, unclean, unclean. Wasn't around to be around to be anybody. Everybody saw a great prophet. Everybody saw a great teacher, but nobody really saw a king that day except for a woman with an issue of blood. And she said, if I can but touch the hem of his garment, I know I can be made whole. She hadn't known anything for 12 years other than disappointment, disappointment, disappointment. Greater sickness, weaker in her body. 
overwhelmed, knew everything was over. But she said, I know if I can touch the hem of his garment, I can be made whole. She saw something through eyes of faith. I'll give you one more as they come to the music this morning, please. This is one that is amazing to me. Blind Bartimaeus, sitting on the side of the road, had better vision than anybody that was walking with Jesus that day. I don't even know why we really refer to him as blind Bartimaeus because he wasn't blind any longer after this day. But blind Bartimaeus is sitting on the side of the road and there's a noise. There's a multitude of people. Everybody was waiting to see and hear what Jesus was going to do. But blind Bartimaeus setting by faith began to see something. And when the world around him said, quiet down. He don't have time for you. He said, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Bartimaeus, sitting there in your beggar garment, who do you think you are? A blind man got vision that day spiritually before he ever did physically. Because he had eyes of faith and he said, you know what, I believe if he'll come and talk to me. If I could have a moment with him, I'll be able to see. And he cast away that garment and he stood before the king of all kings. And the miracle working power of God came because a man had eyes of faith. Can I share with you this simple truth today? If a man or a woman begins to have vision such as this, They're often going to be misunderstood. They're often going to be looked upon differently than most around them. And oftentimes, God will kind of ask us questions on this journey called life. Kind of like this, do you really trust me? Kind of like he said to Peter, do you love me? Yes, I love you. No, Peter. Do you love me? Lord, you know I love you. No, Peter. Do you really love me? Yes, Lord. I think sometimes on this journey, he comes along and in that same loving way, he says, how about in this season? Will you trust me? See, I know what it's like over the last several years to see the provision of God and the hand of God, like many of you. I can't tell your story. I can only tell my story. But I know what it's like to say yes to God. Walk into a building and there'll be eight others, not counting the four of my family, starting with 12 people. I know what it's like to not have any money in a checkbook that says, oh, we got enough money to do whatever needs to be done. I know what it's like to have to trust God. I know what it's like to come in and in this building, 14, 16, 17 hour days, while y'all was working, doing your thing, and I was in here trying to work and do my thing and said, Lord, what in the world did I get into? But every time I saw the hand of God and through this journey over these last 20 plus years, there's been more than one occasion the Lord said, what, are you going to trust me now? Are you going to trust me now? I know what it's like to walk on a Sunday night, turning all the machinery on in the, in the shop that I was running on third shift at that time and hearing the word of the Lord simply say, you won't have to turn these lights on much longer. I said, Lord, am I, gonna, am I really going to do that? 
Lord said, are you going to trust me now? So you had to have eyes of faith. It's something that is hard to articulate, but it's something that I think needs to be told is that one of the greatest examples for the people of God is this, is when you pick up the story of Gideon, he's hiding behind the wine press, thrashing wheat, and the Lord comes and visits him and says, you're a mighty man of God. He's like, what in the world is this about? But you find that there was an army of men with him. He's the only commanding officer that sends all of his army home except for about 2% in history before he goes fights a battle. Didn't make any sense in the natural. Take them down by the water if they lap like dogs, send them home. Send them home, send them home, send them home. You don't, you don't need that. Gideon had eyes of faith and said, I'm going to trust God. To be a godly leader in the year 2022, we're going to have to get our eyes off the things that we think that we need and get our eyes back on Jesus and know this, that he's more than enough. Whether you're young, whether you're old, doesn't matter. No matter what season of life you find yourself in, listen, just as much as we need to have intercession and locked arms and ears to hear, as much as we need worship encounters and as much as we got to make sure that it always stays about Him, we have to have vision. We have to have eyes of faith. I want to ask you this question. What has God shown you that you haven't yet seen built? It's not time for it to remain delayed, but it's time for us to begin to pursue those things that God has birthed in our spirit. I'm calling us to a place or a season to just begin to believe. The very beginning of this year, I heard the Lord say very clearly in my spirit, it's time to ask for the big things. Trust me, and I'll show myself. What does faith look like? It looks like this. Before Nancy Harmon was 82 years old, she was an 18-year-old girl that was amazingly talented, that wanted to sing and share the goodness of God. By the time she was 28, she was taking young people with her into some of the darkest streets of our nation. She would take her B3 and her accordion, whatever she had in the early days. And she would take these teenage children with her into the ghettos at eight and nine o'clock at night and began to sing and share the love of Jesus while the drunkards would stumble by. And all of these years, she continued to train and empower young person after young person to flow in the Holy Spirit and to minister the goodness of God. She saw something that nobody else saw. She had eyes of faith. This is what she said. She said, the Lord called me to love people, not just some people, all people. And she said, he called me to the place to go to love the people that nobody else wanted to love. And she taught another generation. And at this moment, I believe that since her age of 28 to the age of 82 right now, and she's still traveling, but she has taken a little over 1,700 young people 
and put under her wings and mentored them and taught them the things of God, taught them how to minister in the streets. And many of them are pastoring on the mission field and serving in their local congregations all across the world now because a young lady, when it wasn't popular, nor was it even really acceptable for a woman to stand and proclaim Jesus. She did it with boldness and power and with authority. And because she had eyes to see, men and women from the ghettos of our nation that had no hope began to have a reason to live again. Can I tell you today, we're in a crisis hour in our nation because it's just not men and women in our ghettos. It's men and women in our suburbs. It's our children in kindergarten that says, I have no hope. I have no reason to live. But if I can get somebody in this room to have eyes of faith again, to see as he sees that they're fearfully and wonderfully made. Can I tell you this morning, I'm sorry, I just have to be real with you. Why do I sleep two hours at night and get up and walk the halls of my home? Then go lay down again for another two hours and get up and start my day. It's because of eyes of faith that says there's more. There's more. I love all of this. Yes, I do. Got my blood, my sweat, and my tears in this, my life. But there's more. There's more than a Sunday morning service. There's 3.2 billion that's never heard Jesus yet. So can you see them? Can you see a village that's never heard the gospel? And a young man, a young woman going in. May cost them their life. But can you see past the Death to see the glorious light of the gospel that says if they're willing to die for that, there must be something to it. Can you see the darkness of that village been turned and dispelled by the glorious gospel of the love of Jesus? The American church has got get, they have to get rid of the anthem of I shall not be moved. And we must begin to decree and declare, no matter the cost, I'll go. But you got to see beyond your inability. I'll be honest with you, and I'm closing this time, maybe. In 2004, the first time my feet ever, ever went on foreign soil. I'll be honest with you. This right here said, you can't do that. You hear me? Now over 40 times, it said you can't do that. But every time I did that with the help of God, the grace of God and the people of God caught vision, I can tell you this. While this in the natural says it couldn't be, and even while the budget of the church said it couldn't be, this ministry has spent thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. And I don't talk about money, especially don't talk about my own money. But I tell you this, this morning, not bragging, not boasting. I could be driving a brand new vehicle of my choice if I wanted to, but I don't want to. I'll tell you why. And if you do, that's wonderful. You drive it and you enjoy it, and I'll borrow it. How's that? 
But every time I think I'm going to, every time I've got the urge to, and believe me, sometimes Debbie's the urge, whether I want it to be or not. Say that, she's not here. Something always happens. And it always seems like there's a project here. There's a people here. And it's like, okay, God, the 10-year-old vehicle be just fine. What am I saying this morning? Joshua, old Joshua, there's a commissioning day coming for you in the very near future. And you're going to take a generation to a place of promise, but you got to understand, you got to see what nobody else has seen. It was a hard thing for him. This was a hard lesson. People wasn't cheering him on. Joshua, yeah, let's go do it. All he had was Caleb. But can I tell you, 40 years go by. Caleb and Joshua is the only one of that generation that went in and inherited the promise. There was a generation that died in the wilderness because, and if you read on through chapter number 14, it wasn't just the older generation, but those other 10 elected men, if you read 27 through 33, I believe it is, you'll find that the other 10 men that went in and tasted and seen, get this, their feet touched the soil, their hands touched the grapes. They saw the land that flowed with milk and honey, but they never got to partake of it, but they died in the wilderness. Wonder how many sleepless nights they had been tormented by what they saw and they knew they was never gonna get because of their disobedience. And because of that, they stayed in that land for 40 days. And because they stayed there for 40 days, Get this, they didn't just walk in and see it, but there was 10 men. They experienced the flowing of the milk and honey. They experienced the bounty of the land for 40 days. And they come back and they kept a generation from ever tasting and seeing and experiencing it because of their negative report, because all they did was see giants instead of the things of God. And the word of the Lord was this, for every day that you was in there, I'm going to give you a year and you're going to stay in this place of wilderness where nothing grows. And because of 40 days of them rejecting the promise of God, they had to stay in a wilderness for 40 years. You hear me this morning. We cannot afford to reject what God is saying in this season. We have to get out of this wilderness that we're in and we have to get to the promise. And we do that with eyes of faith. As we stand all over the house this morning, please forgive me for being a little lengthy this morning. Here's what I want to say to you today. There are those under the sound of my voice this morning that I know, deep down in my knower, I know God has been speaking to you. God is birthing things. Maybe God has even showed you things. Sister Vonda can testify to this. It doesn't matter how long we're in ministry. God comes along and visits us and shows us things. And we say, but Lord, I, I believe you can do that. But I just don't know how you're going to do that. And we're all human. And there again, we find ourselves in a struggle. And we can tell God all of the reasons why it can't happen for us, even though it's happened for many others. We see all of our inabilities, all of our shortcomings. But Joshua needed to learn, and we need to learn today. It's not about how equipped we are because he is faithful to equip those that he's called. It's about how willing we are to really hear. 12 men standing before Moses. The Lord has commissioned you and I'm sending you to go spy out this land 
that God has gave us. But only two heard that line of the conversation. There's a generation of men and women that's in the house of the Lord this morning. They've sung their songs. They're listening to the preacher. But unfortunately, I'm afraid they're not hearing the gist of the whole message. And that message in this time is this, is that I have given you something unique and special in these latter moments of the last days. We've never been here before. Please hear me, man of God, woman of God. We've never been here before. Some of the things that my daddy and others have saw in the spirit we are now walking in. This is an accelerated time. These are the final moments leading up to the return of the Lord. And I must caution you that he says that when you think not, so shall the Son of Man come. I can take you to old recordings in the 50s, the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, all the way up into the 90s. Even up into 2000, 2002, 2003, you would hear the message in the sanctuary across America and across the nations of the world. Jesus is coming. But since about 2004, 2005, no mention of eternity. We're more comfortable here, not longing to go there. Our vision shifted. But can I tell you, we're just pilgrims passing through. We are citizens of another land. John said, I saw a city coming down out of heaven. Well, we had eyes of faith. And I walked in, hugged people that I loved dearly yesterday, picked up the saint of God. Took him back to prepare him for his final viewing this side of heaven. I had to have eyes of faith. And I couldn't help but think as I went back out and I went and got in the vehicle. And I began to think, oh, wonder what they're doing in heaven now. I had to let my mind go for a little bit because and I had to have eyes of faith and I didn't say too much on the ride back out but I was just letting the word come alive in my spirit gates of pearl walls of jasper streets of gold the crystal sea Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Mark, and Timothy. All of these things began to flood through my spirit. And while I began to rejoice in my spirit, I also began to grieve in my spirit because I... Those of you that knew Brother Marshall, he was a quiet man. But you know, sometimes the quiet ones are the most powerful. And I thought, man, he was a man, he's a man of faith. He had eyes that he could see beyond. And I couldn't help but think, Sister Vonda, there's another man laying on the ground. You see, nobody will pick those mantles up unless you can see them. And you can't see these mantles naturally. It's by the Spirit. And God's calling. Man, I feel this this morning. I think He's calling to your hearts this morning and telling you for such an hour, I've chosen you to be the man, to be the woman, 
But on your other shoulder, the enemy says, but how could that be you? Look at all of the times you've wasted. Look at all the times you said no. Listen, the Bible says resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Right now, we've got to resist that voice of the lying, deceiving kingdom of darkness and say, you know what? There may be some wasted days and years, but right now is the present and that's all I have. And today's the day that I'm going to have eyes to see and ears to hear. If you're under the sound of my voice this morning and you say, I want to have eyes to see, I want you to step from your seat and come from the front of the, to the front of this building right now. I don't want you to wait on anybody else, but if this message has touched your heart, I want you to come right now, right now. I think God's going to give vision this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want you to just minister whatever you feel led in your spirit this morning. Now, saints of God that's standing in this room, I'm going to ask you to help me this morning. I'm going to ask you to, um, those men and women that's in this room, standing in your sanctuary, that understand the importance of what's taking place, God giving vision to a generation of young and old. I want you to come, and I want you to help me lay hands on them, pray for them this morning. We're just going to have a time of worship. And I want you to lift your voice. Those of you that are standing, kneeling, I want you to lift your voice so the Lord can hear you. Don't be intimidated. Don't be afraid to call out to the Lord and say, God, give me vision. But you men of God, women of God, would you help me work this altar this morning as we just minister in song together today. God bless you. Everybody, it's Pastor Jay here. I just want to thank you for watching. I hope that this message challenged and changed your life with the power of the Holy Ghost. We ask that you continue following us and watching us weekly. And if you want to follow us on any social media platform, you'll find the link to all those platforms in the description below. We love you. So does God. Have a great day.